the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 606 means it's hour two of the show. Wake up with Randy Corcoran. Good to have you here. Our phone number, 303-696-1971. 696-1971. Got some information for you this hour on election fraud cases, on some changes that are coming up in the way Democrats nominate their presidential campaigns or their presidential candidates and uh, the timing of those campaigns. And um, interesting little email I received from our good friend, producer, filmmaker, Joel Gilbert. He was on last week to talk about why he thinks everything is falling in place for Michelle Obama to be the Democrat presidential nominee for 2024. We'll get all to I'll get to all of that here in just a couple of minutes. I was sharing with you these Twitter threads and we had left off with James Wood, who uh, heard a couple of a minute or two of his interview with Tucker Carlson. We'll play more of that this hour as well. And um, I had said there were 38 of these tweets. There are actually 33, except um, 13, 14, and 15 are missing. And then there's one in there that's unnumbered. So I guess that means there's about 31 of them. And uh, I'll just tease you with this, and then we'll get to our great next guest. Both parties had access to these tools, these tools for turning off uh, people like James Woods, shutting, shutting them down, shadow banning them, limiting their content at the access that people had, people's ability to comment or retweet the information that they had. And uh, Matt Taibbi says both parties had access to these tools. For instance, in 2020, requests from both the Trump White House and the Biden campaign were received and honored. However, this system wasn't balanced. It was based on contacts. Because Twitter was and is overwhelmingly staffed by people of one political orientation, there were more channels, more ways to complain, open to the left, well, Democrats, than the right. And uh, Matt Taibbi links to Open Secrets there, which is a wonderful website. If you've never checked it out, check out opensecrets.org. I should say, shouldn't say wonderful. The information that they put out is very, very important. It's a very troubling topic. And then one more thing I need to do before we pull up uh, my friend Casper Stockham is remind you about my good friends at Cenogenics because the holidays are just around the corner. And the best way to change your waist size and get back in shape is to call my friends at Cenogenics. And I know with New Year's coming up, we've got our re resolutions. My wife and I are so good at this, you know, on just on Monday after New Year's, we're going to do boop. And uh, Monday rolls around and, well, it's, you know, I'm not quite ready. And you know how it goes. You may be tempted to delay making healthy choices, but I'd like to encourage you to start now. The team at Cenogenics approaches healthcare, disease prevention, and aging from a research-based methodology. And whatever you want, you're looking to do, increase your libido, boost your immune system as this horrific flu season rolls around, sleep better, lose weight, Cenogenics can help you. They create a program designed specifically for you to help you focus, become stronger, and really, truly feel in control of your life again. 
Take control of your health. Don't suffer from low energy, lack of focus, poor sleep, low libido, unintentional weight gain. You can start turning it around immediately. Call my friends at Cenogenics to schedule your consultation, 720-387-3681, 720-387-3681. I always tell you it's easy, denver.cenogenics.com, denver.cenogenics.com. All right, last Wednesday, I read a little bit from the press release that went out from this group, uh, SaveColoradoProject.com. They got together on Wednesday. It was scheduled to occur in the parking lot over there at uh, Republican State Headquarters in Greenwood Village. But uh, the building owners did not allow that. Plus, you know, it was a workday. Cars were in the parking lot. Really no room for everybody to set up. So they set up across the street. And I don't know, that thing went on for about an hour and a half. And uh, our next guest and my good friend Casper Stockham was there. So let's welcome him to the show. Casper, good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? Good. Thanks for uh, thanks for calling in. I really do appreciate it. I uh, oh, yeah. I was actually impressed by the turnout. You know, I have seen rallies like that, or uh, mm-hmm. especially even right before elections, where we'll turn out ten or fifteen or twenty people with some <laughs> signs and, yeah. you know, maybe go Mike Kaufman or go who you know when he was running for Congress or whatever. Um, yep. And there had to be at least a hundred people there. There were over a hundred, you know, I don't know the exact amount because I didn't count the heads, but I did send, send you some pictures of the crowd. It was a good turnout. Yeah. And I noticed, uh, nine news. I watched the clip that, uh, that, uh, Kyle Clark put together and they always take, this always happens at, at conservative rallies, gun rallies, any of those kinds of things. They always take angles that make it look like there's just this smattering of a few people standing around. It's hilarious. Yep. They sure do. Just yep. hilarious. So, and it was a cold day, 27 degrees. It was in the middle of the day, um, on a Wednesday, for goodness sake, of a work day, mm-hmm. in the middle of, yeah. you know, we're, we're in Christmas season. Everybody's just getting past Thanksgiving. So people missed work. They're playing catch up. I couldn't be there because I had a lot of catch up to do. Uh, and so I, I was pretty pleased with the turnout. What were your thoughts? I know you were a speaker there that day. Yeah, I was pleased with the turnout. Um, and we didn't plan any of these. Uh, um, you know, there was no coordination between the speakers, at least from my vantage point. There were over 15 of, of us speaking. Uh, you know, so I didn't know what anybody was going to say, but I didn't know what I was going to say. Um, and I just wanted to make sure that we understood that at the end of the day, if we don't come together, we don't win, period. So, you know, we have to be able to, at the end of the day, figure out how we can get along to the point that we can start winning elections again. And that was my message. And of course, you know, others had grievances with the current leadership in the GOP, and I had grievances as well. But at the end of the day, I want to put forth solutions and and uh, figure out how we move forward. Yeah, in fact, some of the some of the speechifying got ugly. I've actually spoken with my friend Rich Wyatt. I've reached out to Neil Mathai. We've talked back. We we've, yeah. we've exchanged calls. We haven't connected yet. Because, you know, when, when you're trying to when you're especially when you're when you just had your, you know, your ass kicked and, and all the people who told you how that the elections have to run and you've got to, you know, it, we need our candidates and we need to do it this way with this messaging. One of the worst defeats I've ever seen in Colorado. And then, of course, right. the first thing they do is come out and, and tell us people like you and me working from the grassroots side of the of the scale that it's our fault. 
Um, yeah. There's an awful lot of anger that comes out of that. But the flip side of that is, uh, number one, you know, you, you, you don't want to make news clips like that. You don't want to. Right. And it's not a sign of leadership. I know Emil, Anil Mathai to be an incredibly passionate, uh, a godly man. I mean, the guy ministers to prisoners on weekends. That's, that's how he spends his right. Saturdays. He's traveled the right. world. I think he's been to 63 countries or something like that. Uh, he's a good man, a family man, and um, and yet, in spite of his passion and his power, the only thing that that uh, anybody who you know would watch something like Next uh, or whatever it's called with Kyle Clark on Nine News, yeah, uh, just heard you know ass wipe and whore and things like that, and and exactly. I just I think yeah. those are unforced errors, and they don't, they're, they're, it's not leadership; those aren't leadership qualities, and so I, no. I'd love to hear. People just come out and say, look, I got so worked up, I, I made a mistake. But I, I don't know. If, maybe we'll hear that. I don't know. Well, you know, he did say that. But to his defense, he wasn't calling any individual a whore or anything like that. He was saying, it's true. Uh, um, you know, it was like a generic, uh, not a generic term, but it was about the system. You know, it wasn't about necessarily any one yes. individual. Because... I saw where people were saying he was calling, uh, you know, the chair that and things like that. And that that is not the case. Um, I, you know, agree. But it was, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I agree. It, you know, it was like the whores of Babylon or something like that. You know, right, it, was a, right. it was a reference. But um, right. but you know how that's going to play. And especially. Oh, yeah. You know, there's so as as things get worse and worse in Colorado and they will. Uh, crime is not going to get better. Prices are not going to get better. Energy is not going to get more abundant. Cars are not going to stop get, being stolen, except maybe in Aurora, where they're actually trying to do something about it. Um, right. And and people are going to get sick of it. But but that is not a message that's going to bring people together. And I know when people are angry, it, it gets you a cheer. But um, no, but I, I don't. You know, and I, I, I expect. Go ahead. I expect the Kyle Clark's of the world to you know to hone in on that. What what upsets me though is when our side, you know, people supposed to be on our side, they get all wrapped up and worked up about it and stuff. I'm like, look, um, I get called all kinds of names on a daily basis. If I, if I were to get so so concerned with somebody calling me a name, I wouldn't be able to do anything, right? So, you know, we need to be able to move past that and move on to. No, I, I agree, but you know, I, I'm Republican National Committee man. I chair a Tea Party. I I have a radio show, and I think it's important to comment on it, not get stuck on it, because right. you know, Rich Wyatt did a ton to turn out, uh, try and turn out votes for the in the sheriff's race and in Eric Odlin's yep. race, and he's got yep. an excellent group up there. And Neil Mathias, I said, it, man, ministers to. He's got a bunch of kids, but he goes into jail to minister to prisoners. I mean, he, he is a good, yeah. good man. Um, mm-hmm. but I just guess I needed to go on the record. The The point is that we've got to move past it and the, yep. the, um, the establishment, the, uh, the old guard, the same people who said, you know, these are your candidates, this is your message. And then subjected us, helped subject us to the worst beating, um, that I can remember are now telling us that it's our fault. And, um, and you know, I, what's the message going to be the next time around? Here's the way I look yeah. at this right now. Casper, this is a tremendous opportunity because we're going into these off-year elections. Uh, Republicans did very well uh, in the last off-year election on school board races, on on um, city council races, those kinds of things. And uh, and we've got another opportunity. That's where we can start creating a bench of candidates who know how to 
um, interact with their particular neighborhoods and, and constituents and, and message in spite of a very hostile um, media situation and and see if there are ways to get, you know, to raise money outside of the normal channels, which demand that we use the same consultants and the same kind of messaging and the same worthless TV ads over and over and over now uh, to, in yeah. my opinion, often line their own pockets and give us bad results election after election after election. And so, yeah. and if, if we're so outnumbered or we're so outgunned or we're so disfavored, then it gives us an awful lot of freedom to, to try some new things. Yeah. Well, the Democrats, they, they play the game all year long, every year. You know, they don't really take a break. And they have organizations, third, third-party organizations like Planned Parenthood, you know, that continually uh, um, put their messages out there. We do it seasonal, you know. So for us, you know, this, we're out of the political season, if you will. Well, the Democrats are never out of the season. You know, and we do things like get out the vote during the season, but get out the vote should be icing on the cake of outreach. It shouldn't be the cake, right? It shouldn't be this is this is our way to get to the people. No, no, we should have gotten to the people early on so that they are expecting us and when we show up we get their ballot. You know, and we start to do some ballot harvesting, if you will, legally. Uh, well I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned like that. that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Until we start doing things like that, we're always going to be behind the power curve. You know, our numbers are are, are not high enough that even if 100 percent of us showed up, we'd probably still lose. So we have to be able to play this game prop, uh, in a way that we can start winning. And we got to start replicating some of the ways that they do it as far as uh, finding third party organizations, raising money, all those kind of things. One of the great criticisms that we hear from the old guard um, in, you know, the the um, the guidepost people who tell us what we need to do and gave us perhaps the worst election results. Well, I can't remember worse Mm -hmm. is that um, that it's wrong for Republicans to want to actually nominate their candidates using Republicans. In other words, uh, getting rid of the semi open primary. And so. Um, as you know, I litigated the case the first time. We couldn't get the party to join us. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of misconception. They blame Christy Burton Brown for that. That's that's inaccurate. They shouldn't. But um, but I think that we'll have an opportunity to bring that lawsuit again. It's a winning lawsuit constitutionally. I think the party will be on board um, when we do it again. We won't bother if they're not. But um, and I imagine I'll be involved in that litigation. At least I'll be willing to be if that's what we want to do. But what do you say to those folks that say, look, you don't have enough numbers in Colorado. If it's Republicans only nominating Republicans, um, then they're not going to have cross appeal to the people that they need those unaffiliated to actually beat the Democrats who also outnumber them. Yeah, what I say is we don't have cross appeal now. It's open right now. And we are not doing any kind of outreach to have more cross appeal. We've been losing elections for the past four or five election cycles, and, and, and now we are where we are. And from my vantage point, we don't have enough uh, – there's nothing attractive about the Republican Party, and there's no reason for people to not be unaffiliated. Right now, unaffiliated is actually the best place to be if you're not involved in politics, you know, because you get to play in, in both arenas. We have to have a party that is so attractive that people want to not be unaffiliated. They want to be a part 
of this new Republican Party. Um, otherwise, it doesn't matter if it's open, closed, or whatever, so we're still going to continue to lose. I want to close it because I want to make the Republican Party special again. I want to make sure we have purpose again so that we can start attracting the youth, attracting Black, Hispanic, you know, other other ethnicities into this awesome party that's doing something, that has a purpose. You know, the Republican Party was was founded on ending slavery. That was a purpose people could get behind. In the 60s, we were responsible for the civil rights legislation. That was a purpose to get behind. Now, what is our purpose? I don't know. You know, can you tell me what our purpose is? Well, I'll tell you, it's awful hard to stand up and be proud to be a Republican when I am just damn sure that Mitch McConnell and the U.S. Senate is going to go right along with the dying days of this Democrat House majority to pass an omnibus spending bill and take away the strongest tool that a Republican majority in the House will have starting on January 3rd. And I am absolutely certain that uh, Mitch McConnell is going to just give that away. And so there you go. And so, you know, it it makes you understand why people don't want to get excited about a candidate who says, you know, they'll vote to codify Roe v. Wade or, or that you get a sense is going to do that sort of go, go along to get along because we need to make right. progress. You know, um, we need fighters. And that was, yeah. And that was the appeal of Trump because Trump was a fighter. He was in the fight. He was doing things. That's why people started to, to resonate with his message and, and, with his, and with the outcome of what he did. So, uh, um, and now uh, they're going to be on airs and off airs that are going to be complaining about Trump. The whole, you watch, the whole, the rest of this whole uh, election cycle, they're going to be complaining about Trump as being the problem. He's not the problem. Okay, we are the problem. We have to get our act together as a party to where people are attracted to us again. Donald Trump, even if you trust the election numbers, lost the 2020 presidential election by 44,000 votes in just the right, right. extremely well ballot harvested, well funded right. through CTCL, Pam Anderson's organization, <laughs> by $275 million worth of Zuckerbucks. Uh, you know, it's. It's just unbelievable. And now we've got this Twitter story that is extraordinary, just beginning to wrap my hands around it, of collusion. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we'll see how Ron DeSantis develops, but uh, a a Mike Pence or a Nikki Haley or somebody like that would get swarmed in an election like that, and they would be pilloried far or just as badly as Trump is right now. They just find something else. Remember for Mitch McConnell, it was because he put his dog in a crate on his car and drove cross country. The devil. Yeah. I mean, um, the binder full Romney. of women. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, 100%. well, listen, I, I hear you uh, bubbling with ideas. Uh, any interest in, in uh, becoming chair of the Colorado Republican party. Now, nobody, Rick Christie Burton Brown has not said, made a decision yet. She said she will announce in December. So I guess we'll find out. But um, uh, do you have ideas that could be put to work or do you have anybody in mind? Well, I have ideas for sure. I'm trying to um, um, find someone who can uh, put these ideas uh, into action. Um, we are looking at looking and talking to a lot of people to see you know, who can who can best bring these things forward. 
uh, no decisions as of yet. Fascinating and uh, understandable. I mean, really, when you think about it, who in the hell would want this job right now? <laughs> but the flip side is it, it can't get any worse. And, and that is not a condemnation of Christy Burton Brown. She and I disagreed about things and, and other things I think she did terrifically well. Um, but the the idea of walking into you got nowhere to go but up. So we need somebody with yeah. with um, uh, I won't with uh, <laughs> with something of steel, a steel spine. Let's say it that way. <laughs> Stay away from the cojones because it might be another woman. We never know. But uh, a steel spine and is impervious to the attacks that will come their way, not only from the left and the media, but from our side. It's so ugly to me sometimes how we just rip each other apart. Um, but, you know, who started it? You started it. No, you started it. I mean, that's that's just going to be the nature of it. So whoever yeah. jumps on board better be damn damn good and ready. Yeah. We have to get past the schoolyard, the schoolyard stuff back and forth. You know, that's it's very childish. And, and I'm amazed at how many full-grown adults cannot stop acting like children so we can start winning yeah, it's really the only reason I talked about it a little bit at the beginning of our conversation, because I agree with you. That does not yeah. help us move the ball one way or the other. So, yeah. well, Casper, we are way late on our break. I appreciate the, the generosity of your time on a Saturday evening, and I hope you have a great rest of your weekend, sir. I know I'll see you around. Yes, sir. All right. God bless. 627. Oops, 627, everybody on the phone, sit tight. We will come around. I do want you to hear this James Woods interview on Twitter as well. And uh, Casper's line is open at 303-696-1971. 627 in the p.m. on the a.m. with Randy Corcoran at 710 KNUS. That song required playing every show. Fought the law. Get your calls here in just a second. I really appreciated what Casper Stockham had to say about the Trump factor. Oh, it was Trump's fault. It's always Trump's fault. It'll always be Trump's fault. Never forget. But how much of that is built on this false narrative? They lied about Donald Trump mocking a disabled reporter. Lied about it. Absolutely lied about it. They lied about what Donald Trump said about Charlottesville. They lied about Russia, Russia, Russia. Collusion, collusion, collusion. Two phony impeachment scams. A phone call. Now the raid on Mar-a-Lago over documents that, of course, that story is long gone now. But, oh, no, he's going to be under indictment soon. It just keeps coming. And Republicans tell us, hey, it's time to move on. The guy who brought in more people of color. Hispanics did more for black communities, for our military, for our economy, all of those things. And we're just supposed to move on because, you know, the, the personality is just too tough. Look, if Ron DeSantis gets in, he could emerge and he could win <laughs> right now. He's not even in the ballpark when it comes to Republican support for a Republican nominee. So all the brainiacs, whether in Colorado or elsewhere, uh, give it up. It's not going to happen. Don't be a sissy. Don't be the kind of person that says, well, they've 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 made us look so bad and sound so bad. We just need to move on. Fight for the truth. Fight for the truth on 
vaccines. Fight for the truth on what really happened on January 6th, making no excuses at all for criminal conduct. But Donald Trump did not send a mob into the Capitol, and it was no insurrection. But so many Republicans and people who claim to act like supporters of Republicans just can't help themselves. Really, really frustrating. I may not have as much time as I wanted to finish with you on the Twitter situation, but make sure I know tomorrow night Dr. Matt Dunn will be all over it on Backbone Radio, 4 p.m., 4 to 7, here on 710 KNUS. Great way to, uh, to wind down the weekend. And that nobody does a deep dive like the good doc. So I hope you'll check it out. And then before we get to Jim on the phones, um, my good buddy Chuck Bonniewell, many of you remember him from his days here on 710 KNUS with his beautiful wife, Julie Hayden. But he publishes, they publish the Glendale Cherry Creek Chronicle. And um, Chuck did an editorial, or the editorial board did, about really about this election. And it's called Mail-In Ballots, Voting on Election Day, and the Party of Stupid. That's on the right side of the front page. Uh, maybe not front page. This is the editorial page. Yeah, three, third page. Okay. But on the right side, that's a page. And then on the left side, this is great. Guest editorial. We should have packed the Supreme Court when we had the chance by Ted Trimpa. The Glendale Chronicle is so good. You can get it online, too, so check it out. Anyway, I wanted to mention it. Don't know that I'll get to read any of it, but Jim's been patiently waiting. Let's get to Jim in Inglewood. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Randy. Hey, I'm unaffiliated. I used to be a Republican. And I'm just going to say this is my two cents about the Republican Party. I'm glad I'm not part of it anymore because I just see so many flaws. I'll tell you what. It's insanity because the Republican Party keeps on doing the same damn thing, and you get the same result. I mean, there's no ground game with the Republican Party. I live in Highlands Ranch. I actually had somebody um, from the Democrat Party knock on my door and kind of convince me to vote for Polis and Bennett. Never once did the Republican, anybody from the Republican Party ever did that. Never once was there any Republican going in the malls and stuff like that. I mean, I'm just tired. It's just they don't know how to play politics. They're playing wiffle ball, and uh, the Democrats are playing tennis. <clears throat> or, you know, they're playing flag football, and the Democrats are playing tackle. you got to play the way they play. you got to ballot harvest. you got to do everything. I thought um, Dick Morris did a great YouTube. If you get a chance to look at it, he says, if you want to win, this is what you got to do. It's no longer game day, vote day. It is vote, vote harvest. It's vote, vote as early as possible so we can figure out what we need. And, uh, you know, and that's the way you got to go because they're, they're going to kick our, our, the Republicans' butt every darn time until the Republicans start to learn what makes the Democrats successful. Another thing I'll say concerning independence, I wonder how many of those people that are unaffiliated are truly not really leaning towards one party or the other. I really think that that's a misnomer. They just haven't never wanted, they've just never registered as a Democrat. I dare say most of those people, the unaffiliated, probably are Democrats and lean that way. So I'm not certain you'd ever get those regardless of what you do. But you can certainly do solidify the Republicans. And I tell you what, until they start getting off their butts, 
I'm tired of getting flyers in the mail. And, you know, I hate to say this. Why was I hearing Joe Day's ads left and right on your station? I dare say probably 99% of the listen to the station will yeah. go for O'Day. Yeah, I, I wondered about okay, that, what too. Is that? What is the sense of that? I, I guess it's getting the low-hanging fruit. You know, you, you make sure you remind people, remind them to vote, get the low-hanging fruit. I would guess that that's probably um, the point on something like that. But you make some great points. I, I know Dick uh, Dick Wadhams, Dick... Um, Morrison is saying, you know, ballots, not voters, and that's what he means. Uh, it's no longer about mm-hmm. persuading enough people. It's going out and getting all of the votes that are already available to you and putting them in the bank and not wasting a single day to do it. And I, I've been torn about that over the years, and I'm, I am totally with Chuck Bonniewell, who really started yelling and screaming about this maybe 10 years ago, eight years ago at least, um, so I agree yeah. with that. I also, there are so many issues out there that are winning issues for Republicans that can be a focus and, and bring Republicans together. You know, I don't know why Joe Day needed to try and punch uh, Trump in the mouth or um, actually well, affirmatively talk about codifying Roe v. Wade when the Congress, when the Supreme Court had just said it's now a state <laughs> issue. I just, those to me were unforced errors. And maybe it was to kowtow to those those so-called moderates he was looking for. I don't know. It didn't work. I, I agree with you, but I, I you know, I, I think he, you know, the area he should have won into is, I mean, they should have hammered economy, 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 COVID. I mean, that should have been the mantra. You should have had three points, nail on those three points. And Heidi should have been, they, all the Republicans should have been on the same way. I'll say one thing. You know why Douglas County, we got flipped because they pulled all their resources together and ran as a, a, a trifecta. They put all you didn't see one of those people independent. They all ran together. This is what the Republican Party did. And they need to uh, pull all your resources together. And whoever's running for government, governor or Senate, they got to work together as a team. So, Jim, and last that's the way it's got to do. Last question. And then I got to go uh, with with all of these strong opinions and strong ideas. Why be on the outside looking in instead of on the inside trying to turn the ship that way? <clears throat> well, when I see uh, when I see more people such as you randy leading the ship then maybe i will join it but i don't see it and you know frankly i'm tired of seeing hearing dick Wadhams blame trump this election <laughs> was not about trump a damn bit it was not about trump one damn bit see one way we you would we're trying to use a boogeyman he's a boogeyman for us we use him as a boogeyman one way you would see more people like me uh trying to lead the party would be if people like you got in and joined me so keep that in mind thanks for the call i hope you have a wonderful weekend All right. God bless. It's 640. And man, I can't believe we're already at our final break. We're definitely going to play through as much of this Tucker and James Woods audio as we can. I've got some other tidbits for you on changes in the Democrat primaries, um, election fraud updates, and lots and lots of good things. So I hope you sit tight. Final segment, Wake Up with Randy Corcoran here on 710 KNUS. We're back. Leonard Skinner putting us on the breeze as we get ready to roll on out of here in just a few minutes. I'm Randy Corcoran. Good to have you here on a Saturday night. Good-looking weekend. Decent day tomorrow. Pretty cold by next weekend, it looks like, but no snow in the forecast. That is a pleasure. We had a call earlier in the first hour from Johnny, and it was very interesting. I was intrigued by what he said because I was talking about Kanye West and how I got interested in Kanye with the White Lives Matter and Hey, I I like Donald Trump. Just things that 
if you're a Hollywood or music superstar, you just can't come out and say. And uh, so I thought that was great. And then all of a sudden, you know, he he in, gets himself invited to a dinner, asked to meet with with President Trump, shows up with um, uh, Milo and Milo Unimunimidus and um, oh the. Uh, the uh, whites of uh, Nick Fuentes Fuentes, I think is his name. And so, you know, a blip as far as I'm concerned with uh, regarding Donald Trump, but then um, Kanye West comes out with all kinds of Hitler talk. And anyway, Johnny, who is a uh, blind black conservative, uh, and maybe he said he heard this on one of his um, uh, blind radio stations, radio stations run by legally blind people that Kanye West had come out with a very short clip which makes one wonder whether Kanye is uh, is playing 3D chess here. And Johnny sent me this clip, and so I'm just going to play it for you. We'll see if you can hear it and uh, talk about it here for just a second. Oh, come on now. All right, got to get it to start over. All right, this is live radio as it's at its worst, but it's very interesting. Let's just try it one more time. History. There will never be a situation where people end a multi-billion dollar deal off of a tweet. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I would like to thank everyone that was involved with this negotiation. Thank God no one was hurt in the process. And I feel free. That is fascinating. He doesn't look or sound crazy there to read between the, or not enough to read between the lines. What he's saying is, I wanted out of this billion dollar deal with Adidas. And I couldn't, I had a contract, I couldn't break it. So I did stuff that wanted them to disassociate themselves from me. And now they're gone. Wow. Can you imagine if that's the way this plays out? We are so gullible, so manipulatable. But who the heck knows? All right. In the time we have left, I want to make sure you hear some of this, uh, some of the comments that actor James Woods had to make on the Tucker Carlson show. Um, We played a couple where he was just being introduced and, uh, you know, talked about how he'd been uh, really taken out under pressure by a major political party, just shocking to him that he's honestly speechless. And uh, we'll pick up from there. I can guarantee you one thing more than anything else you'll ever hear in your life. I will be getting a lawyer. I will be suing the Democratic National Committee no matter what, whether I win or lose. I am going to stand up for the rights that every American, not a so-called celebrity, I'm right. not a celebrity, but I'm hardly recognizable anymore because my career has been destroyed by these very people. And I will sue, and I'm hoping other people will sue. And if it turns out there are a lot of us on this list where the DNC targeted us, and I will quote the immortal words of Joseph Welch when he attacked Joe McCarthy for the enemies list he had, at long last, sir, have you no shame. Yes. President Biden, all of your stocky little operatives in the DNC who have targeted American citizens, have you, Mr. President, 
have all of you at last no shame. Tucker went on to ask him or tell him, you know, you you might consider it a compliment. You are so important. Your voice was so important. The things that you were saying on Twitter, which during this interview, James Wood said his primary was and now again is his primary communication mechanism, that it's a compliment that they would think that you're so important that they would literally have to take you out. I think it is a compliment, but it's you know it's a big price to pay. It's not a lot of fun. I I loved my career for fifty years. I was happy to be an award winning yeah. and honored and appreciated actor, and uh, I missed my career. And these yeah. people took it from me, and they'll pay a price later in my life, you know. But I have to say, um, I am not going to take it sitting down. I think these people are vermin for doing this to other people. Let's not talk about me for a moment. Let's talk about just simple individuals who put out a tweet and now their lives are destroyed. You know, casting directors literally in my business literally go online and they check every actor who comes in for a part to see who they're following. If an actor or an actress is following me, they will blacklist them. All right? It's about time this is torn open. And I will tell you this. It's not just me. But if you take the thousands of people that I'm sure they did this to, and you got a class action suit, uh, they might not be so happy about that. They really are in trouble right now, I think. I think this will be something that will <laughs> they're not going to be happy about in the long run. And, you know, what, what am I going to get out of it? I don't know, but I'm going to sue for the Look, there was a guy who called me a cocaine addict on, on Twitter once. Never done drugs in my life. And they even stipulated, well, he was just doing it with hyperbole. I sued him. I won that suit. I won the slap judgment on that suit. So you can't talk about it because of the settlement that, that we did, much more than that. And someone said, why would you do it? I said, because I better defend my name. I'm not going to let them slur, uh, slander me like this. That was libel in, in that case. But uh, there's a distinction, as you know. Uh, but I'm not going to put up with it. And if I have to be the flag bearer for this, then so be it. I'll be proud to do it. From the Twitter files, the information and documentation released by Elon Musk at about 4.40 yesterday, Denver time, on October 14th, 2020, the New York Post published Biden secret emails, an expose based on the contents of Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop. And you can go back and see that story now because, of course, the New York Post is unblocked, is fully restored. Twitter took extraordinary steps to suppress the story, removing links and posting warnings that it may be, quote, unsafe. They even blocked its transmission via direct message, a tool hitherto reserved for extreme cases, for example, child pornography. White House spokeswoman Kaylee McEnany was locked out of her account for tweeting about the story, prompting a furious letter from Trump campaign staffer Mike Hahn, who seethed, quote, at least pretend to care for the next 20 days. And you can see a copy of that email right there. This led public policy executive Caroline Strom to send out a polite what the bleep query. Several employees noted that there was tension between the communications policy teams who had little or less control over moderation and the safety trust teams. Strom's note returned the answer that the laptop story had been removed for violation of the company's hacked materials policy. And, uh, man, it just goes on and on. It's so very interesting. Let's hear a little more of James Woods. 
I want to say in closing, you may notice that I never talk to the press anymore. I'm asked yes. every day. Okay, I've left Twitter as my only source of of, 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 of you know of public any statement I might might make because I always say those are my words. You're not going to you know you're not going to alter it by doing a slow motion video of me in black and white and all that crap that they do. But but they've they've been doing this as a jihad against conservative people. I was blocked on Twitter for eight months. You know what I was suspended for? Quoting Ralph Waldo Emerson. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's how crazy these people are. And one of the things that I said on Twitter once that has become kind of a meme, scratch a liberal and you'll find a fascist every time. Yes. Let me tell you, these Democrats, and now I can say it because they are now my enemy. They, they declared this, not me. But when they go around calling everybody, oh, this one's a fascist and so on. You know who the fascists are? Scratch a liberal and you will find a fascist every time. Every time. Yeah, I'm going to jump ahead here. A couple of these you just have to hear before we run out of time. And there's something that they should fear more than anything they have ever imagined in their wildest dreams. The most dangerous man to these corrupt, vile vermin is an American who's not afraid of them. And Joe Biden and all those rats who work with you at the DNC to close down my speech. I am not afraid of you. And I'm coming for you. Yeah. Yeah, that silence was sort of profound. And last thing I'll have probably have time to play for you real quickly is uh, Tucker Carlson, who asked actor James Woods what he's, his thoughts are on Elon, Elon Musk. Well, without Elon Musk, Hunter Biden would still be, and I can't say this because I don't know the fact, but it seems like he's been involved in some pretty interesting chicanery on behalf of the big guy, whoever that may be. We don't know for sure. So I don't like to say things I'm not sure of, but, you know, I... I uh, I think Elon Musk has very possibly, very possibly saved America. I, I think the ship of state has been on a course rivaling the Titanic. And I think what Elon Musk has done is spend a lot of money like I did in that lawsuit against the guy who lied about me. You know, you spend the money and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this because it's so important to my survival and my well-being. And I think Elon Musk loves this country. It's clear that he does. Why would he spend all that money on Twitter, this rat-infested app? You know, why would he do that unless he could see its value? Yeah, but I wish we had time for a little bit more of that, but we are flat going to run out. You can, uh, you, I'm sure if you're not on Twitter, you can just uh, do your internet searching and find the Twitter files. That's what they're being called. This is just the first release. It goes on and into much more detail. Things you can look at and see and and touch and interact with for yourself. And it is very, very fascinating. I highly encourage you to do it because I think Twittergate is the Watergate of the 21st century and the mainstream, the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine. They want absolutely nothing, nothing at all to do with it. If you're interested in this uh, movement to try and change the direction of the Colorado GOP, save 
ColoradoProject.com, SaveColoradoProject.com. I was very impressed with the gentleman that I talked to, Aaron Wood, who was sort of the MC and opening speaker for the event. Man, oh, man, we've got a lot to do. It's Christmas as well, so make sure you keep a smile on your face. Always remember, please never, ever forget, I'm Randy Corcoran. God loves you. So do I. And no matter what time of year it is... I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f*** he wants. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.